Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, Ravens, 3-1. and one. How are we feeling? I, I mean, pretty amazing, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, not that, not that I'm totally surprised the, the Ravens were able, able to beat the Broncos, especially when you, you think about the Drew Bridgewater, or Teddy Bridgewater, rather, got, uh, got knocked out of the game. However, with all of the injuries we were talking about, I mean, shoot, after that game with the Raiders, we were talking about redoing our picks for the year because we were like, oh, man, we're going to be looking for a lottery pick at this point with all these injuries. And now we're sitting here three and one. Amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah, very impressive win for the Ravens uh, after that first quarter. Uh, they beat the Broncos 23-7. to they are setting records along the way, chasing records along the way, um, you know, really rounding into shape in some Making in some areas. opposing coaches salty left and right. Yep. And, and you know, it, it, it's not exactly how I thought uh, these first four games were going to go, to be honest. Um, finally had like a comfortable game instead of three thrillers to start the season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was nice. After that first quarter, things really kind of settled in for for all three phases. Um, so yeah, so you know, classic win podcast template: offense, defense, special teams. We'll hand out a game ball, uh, talk about our pop of the week, and look forward to Week Five at the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the Ravens' second straight trip there. Um, it is going to be an interesting game, but yeah, let's let's talk about this game. Um, that first quarter, it just like, is it the travel? Is it going to like going west to Denver? What was it? It just seemed like really neither team was awake. Yeah, it it just didn't. It was a, just a slog of a first quarter. Um, you know, I think that's something. Certainly early in the season seems to be somewhat of a trend for the Ravens on the road, starting slow and not really getting into things. So hopefully that that will stop as we progress through the season. Certainly I'd like to see them get uh, up to a little bit of a faster start. But, you know, that said, both offense and defense, once the uh, second quarter got rolling a little bit farther, um, started to actually see the Ravens play. Yeah. I mean, it was just punt central, you know, the Ravens were, you know, made some mistakes and special teams, it, like the defense was forcing punts, but, you know, it seemed to be that same kind of story where, you know, giving up some first downs here and there, not really tackling all that well. The offense wasn't really in a groove. Uh, but, but once, once that, those, those his zeros hit on that first quarter, everything kind of, Seemed to flip a switch for the Ravens. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson really settled in and threw the ball really well. You know, finished with over 300 yards. And, you know, maybe not as lethally accurate as he was uh, in Detroit. But, you know, putting the ball where his guys could get it and only his guys could get it. And that is exemplified to a T on that touchdown throw to Hollywood Brown. I just we're really starting to see the evolution of Lamar as a passer. I mean, just like the Ravens seem to be trying to echo in all of their press conferences this week, they're tired of hearing that Lamar can't throw. And we're starting to see them really back that up. I mean, he he's never not backed that up. I mean, the the narrative that Lamar can't throw has already been, always been a lot of hyperbole, but you know, he is making throws right now. The, I mean, between the, the throw that you mentioned to Marquise Brown, but also almost every throw to, to James Prochet, who mm -hmm. had five catches for 74 yards, were fantastic checkdowns, great play calls to get Prochet wide open, and gr some great catches by Prochet and powering through the runner. I mean, I, I – or powering through the tackler, rather – but man, I just he's he's getting more and more impressive along with Marquise Brown. It really is evident how much Keith Williams and T Martin have improved the passing game on this team. I, I have to point to them 
and give them a lot of credit. I mean, and and um, certainly I don't want to poo-poo the rest of the offensive staff, but those two guys are really the ones that were brought in. And, you know, you got to love Greg Roman's running game, but his passing game has never been one to write home about. I think these guys have come in, brought in some extra wrinkles, certainly have coached up the wide receivers better than they have been maybe ever for the Ravens. And uh, it, we actually look like an NFL offense. Yeah, it, it's been really nice. I mean, I don't think Ravens receivers have ever just run this open ever. And, no. You know, that includes that includes uh, uh, Mark Andrews as well. I mean, like just the. You know, those tight window throws aren't as frequent, it just seems like guys just have separation. And, you know, like you said, that that's likely a, a lot to do with T. Martin and Keith Williams for sure. But, you know, I don't really hear anybody complaining about passing concepts so far this season. No. I mean, everybody is wide open. You know, it makes Lamar's job a lot easier instead of having to, you know, fit into tight windows. You know, yeah. throw it to a spot, throw it to an area, and just like just like Marquise Brown, like let him go get it. You know, if yeah. he's going to be that wide open, you know, put it out there. And, and, and yeah, and and that was I think part of the problem with some of the deep shots last year is that the guys just like didn't have that much separation, so the the window of opportunity was so small. Uh, and and when these guys are so wide open, you just throw it out there and, and, it, and it'll happen. Right. So uh, I think that's been huge. Like oh, so far through four games, I mean, everybody has been open, which is really nice to see. Um, I think, like you said, you know, has been finding the open guy too. So it's not just, yeah, that, right. You know, we got to give just Lamar some credit. Say. So not only mm-hmm. are their schemes opening up the receivers and the receivers are getting those open spaces or just beating their guys, Lamar's finding the right guy. Yeah, yeah. The diagnosis ha- it has been really good. Um, you know, of course, some mistakes here and there. But, you know, like you said, checking down to Prochet or, or finding Prochet over the middle late. Uh, you know, he's all Lamar's always gone through his progressions, but he's like executing that second, third progression. And he's throwing it in spots where guys can get yards after the catch, uh, which is really nice. You know, I mean, obviously let your athletes be athletes. And uh, so, I mean, it's been really nice to see, um, you know, Lamar uh, over 300 yards for the second time in his career. I mentioned that before, but, you know, it really nice to see, you know, first down passes, you know, we're not completely reliant on the running game, which, you know, over a hundred yards for sure, maybe not the most efficient run game that this uh that this offense has seen since Lamar took over but that was really because the Broncos committed to stopping the run absolutely I mean at this point if everybody is going to start saying oh well how did like Detroit how did the Ravens how did they shut down the Ravens and blah 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 you know they're all going to keep pointing to well you make Lamar throw the ball but right now Lamar is beating teams by throwing the ball by bottling you know Mm -hmm. they keep bottling up the run it's only going to get better for Lamar now that we've got uh, both Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin coming back, especially Bateman. I mean, you add a guy of that quality to this receiving core right now, and shoot, the four wide has never been as good as it. Five wide has never been as good as it as it could be right now for the Ravens. When you go Marquise Brown, Prochet, DuVernay, and Bateman, and then Sammy Watkins, I mean, what? I mean, that's crazy, man. I mean, we're, we really have some fantastic depth right now at the wide receiver position. I can't believe I'm making that statement, and it's actually truth. Um, Prochet really, over these first four games, especially this last game, has is starting to show what we keep reading about from all these practice reports, from whether it be training camp or practices about how good he looks and by the way, I also loved his uh, quote about Lamar, where he said something about mm-hmm. how, you know, saying Lamar can't throw is like saying water isn't wet or something. I thought that was great. But, uh, but yeah. anyway, I, you know, I, Crochet really, I think, could bring a lot to this offense. He, he just seems like that guy that's going to find the open hole that probably doesn't have the speed of a Wes Welker, 
but but that kind of a player, if if you know what I mean, that guy who's gonna get the open space, he could end up, you know, leading the team and catches potentially for you just because he's that kind of a player. I know I'm I'm getting a little crazy about James Brochet here, but I loved him coming out of the draft. I'm really excited that he's starting to develop and, and I do think as a slot kind of a kind of a player in this offense, especially as Lamont obviously is getting some trust in the guy considering that's that's exactly it yep you know he threw six times to him um the guy's got great hands i mean it's just it's exciting i don't know what else to say other than that yeah and i think you nailed it it's that trust um that that lamar is developing in these guys you know we've seen in the past Lamar lock in on, you know, Mandrews and Hollywood Brown, because those are the guys that he trusts. And, you know, we, we maybe even sometimes Willie Sneed on, on third downs, but now you see him spreading the ball out to receivers. I mean, last week, the touchdown pass to DuVernay, and I, I believe was that fourth down or third down and long, and you're looking for Devin DuVernay. I mean, you know, it, yeah. generally that would that would have never happened two years ago. You know, I mean, not that DuVernay was in the league, but like, you know, he's looking for his guys. Um, Proche, like you said, leads the team in catches. And, you know, he went down and got some really tough balls. So um, earning that trust with Lamar and along the sideline, you know, fighting for that first down, even when he's short of the sticks, you know, he's he's kind of growing into that trust role that that you know this is the guy that I can go to on third down and now we have multiple of them because Sammy Watkins is also one of those guys Mark Andrews of course one of those guys and and Hollywood Brown and then like you said we're getting Bateman back who's who's you know kind of that hybrid of a possession guy who can get you that tough intermediate catch or he could beat you deep too so it's really interesting to see uh, Rashad Bateman is what we want Sammy Watkins to be at the top top level you know a number one talented every down receiver you know that's what we think Rashad Bateman's gonna be adding him Mm -hmm. to this offense cooking with gas man cooking with yeah Absolutely. And, and if you can and if you can just imagine this defense that that Lamar you went over 300 yards against, I mean, they hadn't really allowed much of anything to anybody else. And, yeah, you can say they didn't play all many good teams, but, you know, that's still a good defense standing over on that other side. And, um, you know, they were a little upset about that last about that last play. So maybe let's flip it over to talking about the running game. Like I said, maybe not the most efficient game, but or efficient game that they've ever had. But you still get over 100 yards, and uh, you know some of that opens up that play action passing game uh, because just that physicality that that you bring. Um, so, what are we thinking about this running game? What are we thinking about this uh, chasing history? And, well, uh, well, number one, uh, let me uh, let's address the the history part first because I'd rather start with the positive. Um, you know that was great. I loved it. I loved the call at the end. To me, if they're gonna throw, you know, try to keep throwing at the end of the game, and we get an interception in the end zone, and that gives us a chance to get the yards we need to get the record. Well, that's great. Why were you throwing into the end zone at the end of the game? Like Harbaugh said, mm-hmm. they weren't going to get a 20 or 23. Six, 16, point, 16, right. You know, 16 point play. On. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so anyway, um, I, I think it was a great call. I think it was cool. I think the players obviously wanted it. So if the players were behind it, then let's do it. It was the right call. It worked. You know, I'm I'm all for it. What did you feel like? Yeah, uh, I agree. I know it, at first you you were you were kind of on the fence when we texted about it. Yeah, I was on the fence. Um, I was like, well, I, I don't know, man. I guess they the Broncos had done enough up till that point to you know hold you under a hundred yards. Um, and yeah, but some of that was to me play calling on our part. We yeah, as I mean, close as we were for Lamar it. I mean, when you think about the times. fact that, yeah, I mean, Lamar throws the ball 37 times. You know, yeah, he only ran the ball happen. himself seven times total. 
Yeah. So we weren't doing a lot of running with him. Only 18 carries for Latavius Murray. Bell had four. Freeman had one. Quite frankly, I, I, we can get to that in a minute. I mean, the fact that Tyson Williams didn't didn't play, just I don't know what to say. About yeah, that right yeah. Well, we can we, um, can we can get to that now if you want. I mean, yeah, let's a strange go. I, decision honestly, here. Honestly, the the running backs right now, Le'Veon Bell showed me nothing. Really? Absolutely nothing. He didn't. I mean, to me, Bell was maybe a tick better than Devontae Freeman has shown, but not that much better. I mean, he had that one good, good, uh, good play where he kind of bounced off somebody and ran around a little bit. I mean, okay, fine. But outside of that, he didn't do much for me at all. Um, Latavius Murray is okay as your number two running back. He shouldn't be the guy that's leading us in carries right now. I don't understand why Tyson Williams isn't getting the ball more. He has, I think I saw, I saw a stat earlier today that he and Lamar have some of the best per carry yardage numbers in the league right now. They're both in like the top 10. It's like Lamar and then Tyson. And you go, wait a minute. Why is he not? Why are we doing these dumbass runs up the middle with Latavius Murray on third and four, and he's getting just hammered <laughs> instead of either doing another play, number one, a bubble screen or something that the other team isn't expecting, or, hey, how about we put in another player in that might be able to bounce out and make a play? I think it's very curious. Um, I, you know, I was reading some of Jeff, Jeff Zrebeck's tweets and writing, and, and he seems to he seems to be in the position that um, the coaches are not happy with some of the yards that Williams is leaving on the table. Um, but, you know, he definitely has the most burst of the group. Um, and, and, you know, we've, I mean, we've seen that already. I guess I look at it this way. Is he leaving – is he really leaving that many yards on the table that he shouldn't be getting any carries? He's not even active. That's I like, mean that, that just, was shocking. Yeah. I mean, not only for my fantasy team, which is sad when just let me tell you about my fantasy team when you're worried about Tyson Williams playing, but just baffling to me. And I mean, look, yeah. he won. Thankfully, it, it you know it doesn't seem to be a problem and. And and I'll be honest with you, if we're moving into more of a passing offense, which quite frankly, it looks like that may be what we should do just based off of the talent on the roster, as long as we can block for Lamar, um, you know, it, it may make more sense to have veteran guys in the backfield, you know, for blocking purposes or, or what have you. Um, but I don't see why Tyson Williams can't be one of those three running backs. I mean, I yeah, these three, I, I, three geriatric former all pros who Murray's OK, but Bell and Freeman, I don't know. Now, you seem to you seem to like Bell. So I'll let you wax poetic I, about your, your love for Le'Veon Bell. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it that far. I think one of the things one of the things that Bell brings to us is is some pretty solid vision, at least, you know, finding those cutback lanes. Thank God things he like can that. See and, all those cutback lanes he can't can't hit anymore, but he can see them. Well, so that's right. the good thing. He doesn't have that same burst, but he can see them. And I I think that's kind of what they're looking for a little bit. I mean, they're he looking also for a young lady on Bell. Is that really what they're looking for? Is that what, is that what we're yeah, let, let him Let him get in shape, let him <laughs> get in shape a little bit. Could, if only they could teach Tyson Williams the vision of Lady on Bell, you know? Um, well, yeah. The other uh, wild card here is Nate McCrary being added back to the practice squad. Yeah. And he also probably has more burst than Bell and Freeman, Big right? Is, is that a fair I mean, I, I would say he has more burst than anybody of the running back crew. His burst 
that he showed right. a few times so, in training camp was pretty amazing. Right, so they brought him back for a reason. And, you know, he spent the last two, last year and this preseason in this system. So maybe he's a guy that we see sooner rather than later. And, you know, a guy like, like Freeman who, you know, hasn't, you know, outside of that one run, I guess, was that week two against the Chiefs? It was his first carry. Uh, yeah, it was his first yeah, carry. Yeah, you know, outside he, of that. He had a great run, and he's done nothing else and has looked old and slow ever since. Right. So then, and he's running those, like, sweep, jet sweep, oh, whatever. Chris kind of Moore plays, specials. Right? It's the so, Chris I mean, Moore special. Like, it's like, oh, kill me. Right, why not run that with McCrary, who you know can get to the edge? Exactly. Or, I mean, you know, has, has, has stands a better shot at getting to the edge, or and and things like that. So I think I think that is something to keep an eye out for, especially if they keep protecting McCrary um, uh, over the next couple of weeks. He may be a guy that we see pulled up to the active roster if um, you know they they want to move on from Freeman. But you know, it, it, I don't think it's it's a long term good thing for the Ravens offense for Tyson Williams to not be available on, on game day. It just doesn't, it, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I don't know. It's like, again, it's, it's a big feather in the cap of the uh, running backs don't matter crowd because you have Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell and Devonte Freeman plus Lamar Jackson running for over a hundred yards in the game. So you know, it doesn't yeah. really matter who you put out there, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, just that, that, that element of, of home run ability is really not there with any of those guys, obviously other than Lamar. Well, exactly. And that's my concern. And that's just really the home run ability. It's more about when we want to seal a game, who are you handing the ball off to? to keep that drive going. You know, certainly yeah. with the last two games, I don't feel like Latavius Murray necessarily is going to be that guy, certainly with this offensive line. I'm not trying to say it's all Murray's fault that he hasn't been able to convert some of these third and threes and third oh, and fours. No, yeah. He's Lines just getting crushed. Up. But yeah. the line's getting blown up, and I think it's a combination of people knowing what we're going to do before we do it, but we don't have the players to to not care about that anymore. You know, we used right. to be able to do that over the last few years because we had Gus Edwards who was going to plow through a few people, and we still mm-hmm. had Marshall Yanda two years ago to, you know, plow through people. You know, but we don't have that luxury anymore. And certainly Latavius Murray isn't the guy that's going to plow through people like we like we thought Gus Johnson or even J.K. Dobbins could do. Because, I mean, Dobbins could burst through the line and, and up the middle and, and take it to the house. You know, so he just has yeah. power and speed that's a little bit different from everybody. But you're right. I mean, it, it, it concerns me that, that Lamar is the only one with that big playability. Who's that guy? I don't want to I don't want to have to to rely on Lamar being our only running threat, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. that at this point is what we're really looking at because there's nobody outside of Lamar that's going to scare anybody outside of Tyson Williams. And McCrary, maybe. And maybe McCrary, but that's 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 still a big question mark at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so let's, let's move along to that offensive line who, you know, lost uh, – Villanueva, I'm sorry, uh, Villanueva to a uh, knee injury. Um, didn't practice today. We're here on Thursday. Didn't pra- I don't think he's practiced yet this week, which is not a great sign for his availability no. against the Colts, who, you know. It is Monday night, they had, so we, it is you know, it's night, Thursday, so, I mean, there's still, there's still a few more days. Yeah, and the, and the Colts' pass rush did seem to heat up a little bit this past week. Um, so it may not be a great, great time to be missing your, your starting left tackle, yeah. but Andre Smith uh, fills in, I guess, fine, um, I guess. And, uh, you know, McCarry, yeah. obviously a really rough matchup with Von Miller, um, you know, kind of it, it, held his own it, plus some help. 
big day for help on the outside, I think, with Ricard and, and the other running back, you know, du jour. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of that, you know, and it's, and quite frankly, it's probably going to have to be a lot of Lamar throwing the ball, just quick, you know, quick screens and stuff to try to get guys open quickly and the ball out of Lamar's hands if he's not running it. Because, you know, I don't think they're going to have, they're going to be able to have plays that take a while to develop unless you're rolling out Lamar and stuff like that and, and mm-hmm. creating some space between him and that pass rush. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of tight end help. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be continuing to be a work in progress. Uh, I... You, I, I mean, all of our listeners know I don't feel great about it. You know, we still have the rotation going at left guard, which seems to be working out okay. I'm not a huge fan of that either. I think just let. I mean, at guy, this point, we might kick one of them out the left tackle. Oh uh, man, I don't think either one of them can do that. No, I don't think so. Either. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem as though any. Andre Smith is really better. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like any trades are imminent at the moment. Certainly uh, not. Well, and certainly not one that would impact Monday, the starting Monday's lineup. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, certainly and, would be one for maybe the following week. So yeah. So I'm not. I'm. You know, maybe they'll be fine against the Colts, but you know, across the, you know, what is it? Thirteen more games. I don't feel great about it. Your problem. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there are problems. There's, there's some they, issues. And you know there. that Eric Dacosta's on the horn trying to make some moves somebody, whoever's yeah. out there. I mean, I, you know, who, I mean, let's do a quick, let's do a quick look here. So, uh, do you want to, do we want to talk about the defense one, looking at potential, uh, you know, let's trade, talk about the defense. Trade teams. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Let's talk about the defense. Defense. Um, kind of a weird performance in that first quarter. You know, they, they did give up some first downs. They made some mistakes. Um, you know, tackling was again, kind of suspect, but then after that, I think they really, really locked it down. You know, they gave up that, that touchdown to open the second quarter. And after that, don't allow a point. Uh, they forced the turnover. They had five sacks, you know, so kind of a pretty dominant performance for the last 45 minutes of the game. Um, of course, it's against Drew Locke in the second half, but even so, I mean, we, we've seen kind of seen Drew Locke get, get hot um, in other games, but the Ravens' defense just really did not give them an opportunity. They did all of this without their starting safety, Deshaun Elliott. I thought Brandon Williams has done a nice job in those safety snaps that or Brandon um, Steven Elliott Brown. has. What did I say? Brandon Williams, who I'll tell you what, I, oh. you know, he, you talk about a Dayless Thomas. I mean, Brandon Williams yeah. playing safety, that is something to behold right there. Yikes. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Stevens did a, did a great Stevens, job. Brandon Stevens, you're right, though, man. He has been. Nice first, nice first uh, start. Yeah, and, and you know, he, maybe not all that flashy, um, you know, maybe not any huge plays yet, but the fact that everybody knows that he's a rookie safety this year, he just started playing corner two years ago, and now he's playing safety for the first time, and he hasn't been repeatedly targeted and beaten. I think that is a, a huge accomplishment in itself. You know, he was involved in that kind of coverage switch off on the touchdown pass to Noah Fant, but, you know, those are pretty hard to pick up anyway. So, I mean, I think he's been really good. Um, you know, Adafi Owe, um, the way that they continue to deploy him in so many different ways and in delayed rushes and layered rushes off the edge. I mean, he's making an impact no matter where he lines up. Uh, Justin Houston, another sack. Matabike got back to what we expect out of him with some quarterback hits. Um, so I think getting pressure on the quarterback wise um, I think it was a great step forward for the Ravens. They didn't have to go like crazy blitzes to get it either because of the banged up Broncos offensive line. But, you know, it's it's a good sign for them to even be doing that because, 
you know, if we if you remember week one against the Raiders, they also had a banged up offensive line. They had rookies starting and there was just nothing going on as far as pass rush goes. But, you know, now they they seem to be stepping up a little bit and and were able to really bother Teddy Bridgewater. And they obviously really bothered Drew Locke. So really nice performance uh, there. Well called game by Wink Martindale. And um, overall, really, really nice performance for, for the last three quarters of the game. Absolutely, I agree with you. It was good to see, you know, the, the pass rush was, was certainly impactful at times. Tyus Bowser had a fantastic game, um, you know, and, and Justin Houston this week, we're going to get a chance to see if he can get the 100 sacks. So, you know, it's uh, definitely against uh, his former team. Yeah, against his former team. So it was definitely a step up for the defense. One, one, when we were, I think it was clouded a bit, certainly by the that for that touchdown, the, or the touchdown mm-hmm. that drive that was just kind of ridiculous. But um, outside of that, you know, it was a, a fairly vintage Ravens performance in a lot of respects. So. You know, and, and mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, with the Ravens somewhat transitioning to more of a passing offense, the other thing to start to look at is that impact on our defense. Because, you know, obviously it, we can't, just like I was saying before, we don't have the running backs right now to grind out those drives at the end of the game. So it's going to have to fall on Lamar doing his thing, throwing some shorter passes, doing some stuff, and, you know, him him running the football, which I'm totally fine leaning on him for that. But, you know, it, it, it certainly opens the door for, you know, other issues, not having that running back you can count on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then how does that defense not wear down and I think exactly yep yep there's there's a lot of depth there and one of the guys that I wanted to call out that's been actually a couple guys up front Clays Campbell has been nearly unstoppable the past two and a half weeks you know I I guess his his performance against the Chiefs playing hurt you know for, for however much he could was awesome he was so good against the Lions and then he kept it going against the Broncos He's constantly in the backfield, whether it's swim moving his guy or whatever. He is disrupting plays left and right. And then the other guy whose stock is way up in these past couple weeks has been Malik Harrison. And he has been really good. He got, you know, turned around a little bit by Travis Kelsey in week two. But, you know, Kelsey does that to essentially everybody. But these past two weeks, Malik Harrison has been really good. He's been, you know, one of the bright spots as far as tackling goes. And I think he has been playing a lot faster as well and and really being decisive in his reads and things like that. So um, Harrison has been really good. Campbell has been playing like he did when he was 25. And, um, you know, those two are really good things for the offense. Maybe not so good is uh, Patrick Queen. Um, Another kind of a struggle for him. You know, not his best game. I'm not really sure what's what's happening there. Maybe it's a confidence issue. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I, I don't know what it could be, but the Ravens are going to need better out of him. They will. I mean, hopefully it's just early early season struggles, you know, and, and it's something he'll he'll grow out of, just like Malik Harrison hopefully has, has started to grow out of some of those struggles. So, you know, I, I mean, let's face it, Patrick Queen, as well as he will have played at, has played at times. He's also fairly young. I don't want to say young to yeah. football, but but hasn't played a ton of football because he didn't he really play a ton with LSU until that last year mm-hmm. and everything else that goes with that. So there's going to be a bit of a leap when you get to the yeah. NFL. So I think it totally makes sense that we're seeing – you know, we're seeing all the flash plays that certainly made him a first-round pick, but now we're also seeing some of the reasons why he may not have started right away at LSU and took a little bit to get into the lineup. So, you know, it, it may just be a case where, look, he's he's going to have to 
You know, and I think too, again, this is losing LJ Fort. You know, you you bring yeah. it up a lot, but that's mm-hmm. where losing an LJ Fort and not having that veteran presence at inside linebacker, both to spell both Queen and Harrison and to help provide some of that leadership next to the other while the other one is out for a couple plays, you know, so mm-hmm. or within that package or however it ends up working out. You know, I that's that that's a lot bigger loss than I think people tend again, me included, have tended to give that credit for. So I think we're seeing some of that too with 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 Queen's you know lack of domination. Yeah, I I really do think he'll get there, and you know he has all the traits that you could want in today's NFL. He's got the speed. He's got he's got power to hit. He's a great pass rusher when he blitzes. Um, it's just uh, you know getting off some blocks and and triggering on some runs and things like that, which you know a little bit of work needs to be done. But I do think he'll get there. I think you know with that good defensive line uh, in front of him, and you know. Very quietly, this defensive line doesn't even have Derek Wolf, <laughs> and they're playing yeah. pretty well. Uh, so that's really impressive. And and when he comes back, you know they're going to be even fresher. But I think Queen will get there. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a uh, bust situation in my eyes. It's just he needs to get there a little bit sooner than uh, than it seems like it's going to be. Um, let's see who else. I I wanted to talk about the corners real quick. Um, Marlon Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey, you know, obviously doing his his thing, got dragged a little bit on a, on a long run, uh, but you know, every snap, you know, he's he's in a solid spot. Anthony Averett has been awesome, you know, stepping into this role, starting playing nearly every down um, on as an outside corner against you know some pretty decent competition so far. You know, he's been he's been really good. And then getting Jimmy Smith back has been really nice um, because it takes a little bit of the pressure off of Tavon Young as well. You know, they're both kind of playing that uh, 40 to 50 percent of the snaps range. Um, So, you know, those two complement each other really well and and, and match up differently. You know, Jimmy Smith was was found found himself on tight ends on Noah Fant quite a bit again. And. I think having both of those guys being able to move them around a little bit has been a really nice thing for for Wing Martindale to play with. So, you know, they're playing they're playing good football as well. Um, Oh, if we could only have Marcus Peters as well on the outside, you know, you know, how crazy is that? God, you know, NFL teams would kill for our current. Cornerback depth, but the Ravens are missing an all pro. Which is crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. If only yeah. we could Anything else? no injuries like in Madden. I know. Um, I know. I Anything else so. to add I think on? That defense. pretty much covers it for the defense for now. Yeah. Special teams. Uh, Devin Duvernay, high and low. Awesome, awesome return to set up a field goal before the half. Uh, Fair catches a punt inside the 10, which is the, the cardinal sin. He is currently, I think, Yardage-wise, the best punt returner in the league right now, which is awesome to see. Yeah, it's really weird, and I'll talk about it in a bit just with the wide receiver crunch we're more in. But, yeah, man, DeVernay really is making things interesting as a, as a punt returner, uh, both in a good way and a bad way. Um, you know, and it's something <laughs> yeah. he never did in high school or college. So this is very much him still learning this on the fly. Um, I was watching an interview with Harbaugh um, from, I don't know, I'm not sure ex- exactly when it was, was, but, you know, he was talking about DeVernay and how, you know, towards the end of last season when they were trying to figure out, okay, we need Prochet as a punt returner, but we kind of need the the roster spot. Can we, can we trust DuVernay? And the coach is saying, oh, yeah, absolutely, he can do it, he can do it. And Harbaugh was just like, can he catch the ball? <laughs> You know, and that was his main concern. You know, will he catch the ball? And so far, he's generally done that. He's definitely made it a little, little interesting. It's gotten gotten interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but nothing, nothing too crazy yet. Now, 
With that said, we can get to this, I can get to this later, but will that role end up being taken back over by James Brochet at some point if if they need that roster spot and receiver? Yeah, I think, uh, well, we'll see. It's going mean, to be tough. Can, I'm going to talk about it in a minute when I get to my crab cake, but, you know, we, we yeah. can, uh, it's going to be All interesting. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Justin Tucker, good again. Sam Cook over 300 yards of punts, which is crazy. Punted seven times, which is a lot more than usual, but it's all good. So nothing like let's, a 57-yard uh, punt, you know. Yeah, nothing whatever. like it. Just casual, thin air. Yep. So let's pin up week four. Let's hand out a game ball. Who are you giving your game ball? You know, I'm giving my game ball to Tyus Bowser. I give him a lot of flashes from time to time. He had a fantastic game. I've got to give it to Tyus Bowser. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to give it to a guy that I haven't even mentioned yet. Actually, I mentioned him once, Anthony Averett. He, like, every time you hear about Averett, it's like we don't talk about Anthony Averett enough and how good of a job he's doing. So I'm taking the opportunity to talk about him the adequate amount. Um He's had to wait his turn, and he's really taken advantage every time he's gotten an opportunity. He's finally in a place of comfort, playing outside, playing every down. He's been good tackling when he does give up receptions. He's generally been been in really good position in coverage. I don't believe he has any penalties on him so far through four games. And like I said, it's been against pretty decent competition. Um, you know, he, he kind of limited Tim Patrick this past week. You know, he had that awesome coverage against Tyreek Hill, against the Lions. He was really good. So he has been a consistent down-in and down-out player um, for the Ravens opposite Marlon Humphrey. You know, two Bama guys starting opposite from each other. I think Humphrey had got a question about that earlier today. But Anthony Averett each week earns himself more money. And, you know, for the Ravens, that's an awesome result. And it's, you know, they get the best of that. And he's playing really good ball. He has his second interception of the year. Um, and, and you know, couldn't be happier for him playing good football. So let's move forward. Now our pop of the week. I think we're going with the same one. And I think there's one really obvious answer. Yeah, you, you go for it. I mean, it has to be Chuck Clark. I mean, he's, he's smarter than yeah. people in the oh football my, field. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like the whole stadium knew that like oh boy he caught him clean on that one that was a huge hit um you know hopefully no long lasting injury uh for the broncos player there I, I can't quite remember who it was but yeah chuck clark got all of that one you know there were some other ones some some big hits on uh, on teddy bridgewater and hopefully he's okay but the defense was flying chuck clark uh had the pop of the week in week four with you know, that. real quick, speaking of just yeah. since we're on the topic of pops and and you mentioned Bridgewater, what did you think of the the hit that took him out? I thought it was actually pretty clean. I don't see how you can really throw yeah. a flag on that myself. I guess like there was helmet to helmet contact, but I don't think it was like aiming high. Yeah, I mean the thing or, is, like, if if the player if the helmet to helmet contact happens because Bridgewater's head you know goes forward and hits the other guy's helmet you know like as it looked like for example that now i'm not looking at at the the replay right now but if i recall correctly so i could be totally wrong but i felt like the the crown of always helmet was more like in the armpit area and yeah. and bridgewater's helmet like went and his face mask hits Oway's helmet more than Oway hits his helmet. You know what I mean? So it's sort yeah. of more, look, that's incidental contact that's going to happen while you're playing football, not something that was malicious where they're just totally ripping a guy's head off. Or, right. or for example, the, the hit on Lamar after the, the deep, deep throw to deep touchdown to Hollywood, yep. that probably could have been back. a flag. Should have been, I, you know, and then, I, you know, the, the way that I look at these is like always flip the script. I mean, if it was Lamar getting hit by Von Miller in that situation, mm -hmm. and Lamar gets knocked out of the game, would you be mad? And I think I would have found a way to be upset about that hit. 
so you know for Broncos fans and and the Broncos team I I guess like I kind of get oh it, it sucks absolutely it changed the game completely it changed the game completely it would have been a very different game had Bridgewater played that entire game I mean you look at yeah. you look at the um the stats by the from the receivers I mean Tim Patrick by the way was a problem uh Courtney right. Sutton was somewhat of a problem. Um, you know, you know Albert Oga Winnebago, however you, whatever you say, his, he was actually a problem, even though he only caught one ball. You know, if if we had, if they had had Teddy Bridgewater, I guarantee you it would have been a much closer game than it was. And and that whole running game issue that we had might have been more of a problem because we would have wanted to keep the ball away from the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly changed the game. I don't think it was malicious. I don't think it should have been flagged. If it was, you know, I don't think I would have argued it all that hard, but you know, I don't know. It's tough to do. I might have honestly, because I was looking at it at the time worried that they were going to call it thinking there's no way that's a, I mean, you know, they call that, Mm -hmm. like, you can't even hit the quarterback anymore. It's like, you know, then you're going to start, like, going for the legs. You know I mean? It's like, what's that? The knee or the head? I mean, I guess the knee, but come on. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's football after a while. It sucks. But, and it's easy for me to say that, you know, as the fan doesn't actually play. But, you know, anyhow. Yep. So, uh, with that, let's move on to week five. The Ravens travel to Indianapolis to take on the one and three Colts. The Colts coming off a win against the uh, seemingly falling apart Miami Dolphins. Um, They have so far lost to the Titans. The page loads here. They they lost week one to Seattle, and then they lost to Los Angeles, two tough ones, and then at Tennessee they lost. And um, but they like I said, they got back on the winning winning side this past week against the Dolphins. Um, kind of an interesting team. It's a lot of the same pieces as we saw last year, except for Carson Wentz at quarterback, and uh, a, a, a little bit more banged up offensive line. Unfortunately, Quentin Nelson on IR for them, but um. Kind of an interesting offensive roster here for the for the Colts. Do you see any issues presented by this by this team by by this offensive side? And we'll talk about the defense in a bit. Well, I mean, certainly, you know, I I mean, I don't I don't I don't see. I don't. This is going to be a tougher game than I want it to be. You know, going into this season, I was kind of like, I was kind of like, eh the Colts but you know what Jonathan Taylor's a pretty good player I think we're gonna have to to watch out for him um you know their passing game you know once hasn't been terrible certainly um so it's uh it's gonna be a, a hard game I I would say than a harder game than we'd like I mean he's thrown for five touchdowns one interception um you know 247 yards a game not fantastic, but hey, I mean, I think that's better than I might have expected coming into the season, personally. Yeah, he hasn't been bad, especially playing on those busted ankles of his, you know, sprained both ankles at the same time somehow, you know, playing through that. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, as you mentioned, is a solid player. Michael Pittman is a guy that we both liked a couple years ago in the draft. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have Jack Doyle at tight end. I think that offensive line is going to be where we give them problems, um, you know, based on this past week's performance by the front. Um, I'm not sure that uh, Justin Houston doesn't have a big game here, especially going against one of his former teams. You know, he's going to be fired up. And you, you mentioned before, you know, he's going to be going for that 100 sack. Um, I, I think that this is going to be a tough game for Wentz. He's another one of those quarterbacks who, you know, once you get him, moving uh he doesn't have that same burst anymore that he did in philly to make you pay with his legs 
Um, the way that the way that he used to, at least, you know, maybe he'll run for for a first down here and there, but it's not the same Carson Wentz anymore. Um, Yeah, I think I think the that defensive line and and these outside linebackers are going to give them are going to give them enough issues for for the Ravens to be able to win this game. Like you said, it is going to be tough. The Ravens don't have a great history of playing well in Indianapolis. Uh, outside of last year, um, when when there was a defensive touchdown by by Chuck Clark, um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I think I think that the the pass rush kind of gets to Wentz a little bit though. Yeah, I, I I think you know where where I see the game being hardest for us is going to be on the other side of the football. I mean, with with the offense, I, as much as I was waxing poetic a little bit ago about um, you know, about Lamar and the receivers, he also needs time to throw the football. And the reality is mm, that could be, that could be a little tough. Now we are home, you know, it's a home Monday night game, you know, so it's fantastic. You know, we're yeah, I keep saying under at, the lights at home. At, I keep saying at Indianapolis, but it's at home on Monday night. So that's a, that's my bad. But that's, but that's okay. I mean, it's still, you know, this, with the way our offensive line is right now, it's gonna. I don't know. I mean, we. That said, it's certainly going to be hard for them to score. You know, if they if they somehow get on a run, um, you know, and and are able to put points on the board, it could be tough for our offense. Just just with with their pass rush. I mean, they've got they've got a good defensive line. They've got some good linebackers. I mean, Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner. I mean, it's the real deal. Um, with some of these Colts players on defense. Yeah, yeah, Buckner is going to be an issue, especially um, against this interior uh, that seems to be a little bit all over the place. Um, Their secondary, obviously, you know, not the most heralded names, but they're a solid, solid defense. I mean, they haven't given up a ton of points at any point this year who was the guy uh, that that had the game the big game the lot was it bobby okereke that had a big yep. game against us i feel like the last time we played the colts um yeah, i think so but but anyway i mean they've got they've always got better players than i want it's always going to be frustrating because you'll look at those uniforms and get kind of pissed because the blue and the white is pretty cool however of uniforms the ravens are breaking out some the uni combination they have rarely brought out before the black jersey and the purple pants they're undefeated in this look putting putting it all on the line monday night the one and oh record black jersey purple pants what you thinking about it tk i like it i think it's a fresh look uh, like you said, very rarely used. I think it's nice to break it out again for a primetime game. The Ravens always do something a little bit different, something a little bit cool for uh, primetime games. Last week, it was the tribute to Michael K. Williams. Um, you know, before that, it was like that that augmented reality raven flying through the oh, crowd. Yeah. Um, the Panthers are apparently doing now. There's a panther that like prowls around the stadium or something yeah. like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, they always find a way to, like, mix things up and make it interesting. So I'm glad they're, they're whipping these out. Um, you know, and of course, you always want to beat the Colts in Baltimore, make them pay uh, for what they did. But, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a great game. I, I'm very excited. But you know, you know what? I, you know, what's great, though. And we were talking about this before the pod. So, you know, we're talking about, oh, man, and the Colts are back and da, 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 da. Well, it's almost been 40 years now since the Colts yep. left at, at this point. I mean, as bad as that sucks, but it's still true. But you know what? The Ravens also have a pretty fantastic history. I mean, you look at this, you know, if you if you go on uh, Ravens Twitter a few days ago, um, I guess it was September, September 29th, they put a, a tweet with their uniform tracker and it has all their um, – or I'm sorry, this is just a, a Ravens uniform tracker tweet, so excuse me. Right. But it, it's uh, just their overall record um, in each jersey, and it's really, it, it's just cool. And it makes you think, wow, you know, just the fact that they're 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
you know, 10 plus jersey combinations that the Ravens have worn. Two different helmets. Granted, we're never going to see that original one that had the copyright lawsuit. But I mean, all the, it's just cool, man. It, it's cool to finally start seeing the history really pile up. And it's a, and it's a pretty storied history at this point with Hall of Famers and championships that all of Baltimore can be proud of. Yeah. Couldn't say it any better than that for sure. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's put somebody, let's give somebody some bulletin board material. Hey, hey yeah, seriously. I couldn't have said it any better than that. Um, Bulletin board material. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're both just going to put the offensive line up there, right? I mean, I think, I yeah, think we I think both so. in our There's own ways some... were like, it's got to mm-hmm. be the offensive line this week. Yeah, yeah, whether it's pass protection, uh, whether it's run blocking, you know, this is going to be a tough game, and, and they're going to have to show up against against a solid defensive front. Uh, Darius Leonard is going to be flying around all over the place, so... You know, really got to show up uh, for Lamar. Yeah. And, Whether this you know, game is close him. or this game is a blowout, I think, depends on how well the Ravens' offensive line plays. If, if mm-hmm. the Ravens' offensive line plays well and can block for Lamar and at least give him enough time to get rid of the ball, I think the Ravens could dominate. But if that doesn't happen, it could be a long day for the Ravens and Lamar, and it could just be one of those – another game like, you know, either like, like against the Raiders – where mm-hmm. you know you're just to let him hang in there, yelling man. at the TV because Lamar's had no time to throw. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into a crab take of the week and let us make a prediction. What's your what's your crab take of the week? You know, my crab take of the week is is basically this passing game. It, we've got to keep James Prochet involved in it. I know we've got. Miles Boykin coming back, and more importantly, Rashad Bateman coming back. But there's just something to me that that James Prochet brings to the offense that every offense needs. That that you know, slot receiver that finds the open space. Just the way he was powering through some of the defenders last week. That reliable pair of hands. There's just a lot of things to like about James Prochet. I like his fire on the football field. If 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 the ball is thrown his way, he's going to go get it. And, you know, the more we find receivers like that, the better. And I really want to make sure he stays on the field. And that just means this with that, I mean, this offense is going to be crazy now. I mean, this this is going to be a very, you know, passing centric offense in my opinion moving forward so my crowd take is sort of combined in that not only does James Prochet need to stay on the field that's going to mean because we're keeping all these wide receivers uh, on the roster every week because if you keep James Prochet active every week that means unless he's the punt returner Devin DuVernay is also active so you start getting down to some of the number games and go, okay, well, how are we fitting Bateman in? How are we fitting Boykin in? Blah, blah, blah. So if you're adding some of these other wide receivers in and still keeping Prochet, we've got to, you know, whether that be one of the running backs, whether that be a defender, offensive lineman, what have you, it means we're, we've got to play those guys. And that means we're we're stacking that wide receiver room, not only the wide receiver room, but excuse me, the the plays with wide receivers. So it could get real interesting real quick once once Bateman and Boykin get activated to the roster. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. It'll be very, very interesting to watch how they deploy those guys. Um, my crap take of the week is going to be on the other side of the ball. You know, we've been lamenting the tackling so far this season uh, uh, by the Ravens um, none worse than getting dragged down the field by a running back for like 20 yards, which sets up a touchdown. I think that play was a big turning point for this defense because after that play, they really locked down. Um, the tackling was leaps and bounds better the rest of the game. If it wasn't the first guy wrapping up, then it was a gang tackle coming or there was guys swarming to the ball um, so I think that 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 play is, is going to be a real turning point for the defense, because up till that point, that was not 
what this organization and what this fan base has become accustomed to when thinking about Ravens defense. Uh, after that, absolutely was. And I'm going to point – we'll look back in a couple of weeks and we'll see if, if this is still holding true. But that one play, getting embarrassed like that, uh, was was going to be the last time that something like that will happen. So the Ravens' defense will – live up to expectations from that play forward is my crap take of the week. Um, I like it. I like it. If bold. that's true, if, if that's true, that'll be awesome. I hope that's right, yeah. but it's bold. Get back to that top 10 defense, you know, like, I, I mean, yeah. come on, this is, this is the Ravens here. I mean, yeah, we're, we're all of a sudden we're throwing the ball all over the place, but that doesn't give the defense uh, yeah. an excuse to, to not I mean, be able to I think defense, the key so. is this defense is going to have to be a bend and not break defense. And I only say that because of the fact that we're going to lack that running game. So, uh, you know, whether whether we continue to run the ball all the time or, or throw the ball, like I just said, um, you know, I really don't see us having the personnel to be able to sustain long running drives, rushing-centric drives, um, late in games. So that means our our defense is either just going to have to dominate early, give us mm-hmm. a chance to, to get up enough, or they're just going to have to be able to roll with the punches at the end of the game once they're getting wound down and tired. Yep, for sure. All right, let's get into a prediction. Indianapolis Colts come to Baltimore. Monday night football, prime time, under the lights. Black and purple uniforms for the Ravens. Let's get a prediction out there. What do you think is going to happen Monday night? Well, I think I think uh, the Colts are going to be the ones leaving black and purple along with their white. Oh, and blue. You know, I poetic. think I think it will get. I think it will get ugly uh, on Monday night. I mean, I you know the Colts the Colts might put up a fight like I was saying earlier. I mean, Wentz is better than I think. I thought he was going to be um, their their defense has some players. If if they are able to take advantage of our tackle situation, all bets are off. But in the end, I think the Ravens just have too much talent in comparison to the the Colts roster. Yeah, I'm thinking like let's see, it'll be it'll be like twenty three to thirteen, but it'll be one of those twenty three thirteen games that feels like thirty to seven. Exactly. You know what I'm saying like, it'll, like the Ravens it'll, will get yeah. up by 21 points early, and you know the Colts might score a touchdown before halftime, yeah, and away. then yeah. you know chip a couple field goals in in the second half. I I agree with that. I like that. Um, yeah. I, I'll go. I'll go. You know what? We're gonna go with the same score this week. I like 24-13. I like it. Yeah. I'm yeah. Go something that. like that, but it it won't feel like. A two-score game. It'll feel like no, three or it'll four. Be, yeah, it'll be a generally comfortable win for the Ravens. Lamar throws like 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 I was saying. Lamar throws three quick touchdowns like in the first quarter or something like that. Gets everybody fired up uh, in the stadium. First half is great, and then you know it's just sort of a slog the rest of the game. Yeah, sounds like a preseason game, but. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. Or mind quite at frankly, all. sounds like a Monday night game for us that we got to sit and watch the whole thing. You know, because it's close enough, and it's the Ravens, and blah, 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 blah. So, another fantastic Monday night primetime game for us to complain about next Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we record the next podcast. You guys are going to hear it from me, because that week after the Monday night game, I did not. I, like, my sleep schedule was so off the rest of the week. I was so happy to just get a normal... One o'clock game, and then a four four twenty five game, and then now we're yeah. back to Monday Monday night. Now we're back and, to you know, prime time crap. Yeah, it's good for the franchise, good for the city, but it is. I mean, that's the thing. I like to respect it, nice, and I certainly look at it and go, "Oh, cool, we got all these Monday night games." But then my next mm-hmm. thought is, "Ah, crap, we have all these Monday night games." So yeah, you know, it it's great to see. I love the fact that we're hosting a Monday night game because there were so many yeah. years we didn't, and all of that nonsense. So it's great to see that that uh, conspiracy theory start to go away. And all of that jazz, so Ravens fans can stop feeling like we're we're persecuted 
since since it's been almost 40 years now since the Colts left town. Yeah, for sure. So we go. We both got wins in week five for the Ravens. In which case, we're thinking the Ravens move to four and one, which would put them right up near the top of that AFC conference, uh, along with some other teams. Uh, it's an exciting place to be. Um, so let's see. I mean, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the Monday night game and we'll look forward to week six. But Holly, for now, you want to sign us off? Well, everybody, stay excited. We've got, despite our crabbiness about, you know, Monday night football, it's still Monday night football and we're we're hosting it at home. Let's bring, well, that's typically where you do is host things at home. But even still, let's let's go get excited. The Ravens featured nationally were the third time already this year. Yeah, for the, for the third time already this year, three and one. We're we're coming in, getting ready to destroy the Colts on national TV. It's a, it's going to be a fantastic week to be a Ravens fan, despite being a little groggy on Tuesday morning. I think it's going to be a fantastic time. So say it with me, everybody. Let's go Ravens. Go Ravens. <laughs>